experiencing it in the life um, And Peter's response in that situation was pretty funny. Verse 28, Peter says to him, see, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. Seems like Peter has the habit of sticking his foot in his mouth, doesn't he? What does Jesus say to him? He says, yes, you've given up everything. You've suffered so much. It's good that you've come to follow me. You're not, there's nothing in this for yourself. You haven't made a trade here. No, Jesus says, truly, I say to you that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake in the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. You see the trade that we make in following Jesus Christ and giving up living for ourselves and trade it for living for God. That trade is a really good trade. What we gain in losing temporary pleasures is eternal ones. What we lose out on this life and the offer, the illusion of pleasures without suffering, we gain real pleasures. And as Jesus said, those pleasures start in this life. That no one has given up anything for God that he is not able to give back a hundredfold. You see, when we live a life of suffering, we're not making God our debtor. We're not making God owe us something as if we could suffer enough to earn eternal life, making him owe us for what we have done and the things we've given up. No, God instead has given us the promise that all those who count their life in following Jesus Christ as nothing for the sake of following Jesus, that they have gained eternal life. God is no man's debtor. What this looks like is Paul from Philippians chapter three, that listing off all the things that he had, all his credentials, all the things that he thought earned favor with God. He says, I count them as rubbish. The ESV says rubbish, the English word, kind of funny. As trash, as garbage. I count it all as garbage for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. Why? Because the crown that lays before him, the cost is worth it in following Jesus Christ because we are making a trade, this present life for eternal life. It's worth it because we gain something of greater value as well, which I kind of got ahead of myself with Mark chapter 10. It's something we gain something of greater value. That's what makes this trade worth it. We trade the present rejection that we experience for future acceptance. That's his next line of reasoning in verse 37, or rather verse 38. He says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. 
See, Jesus, when he's speaking this, he's speaking of this trade of trading present rejection for future honor, for future acceptance by God. When he's making this trade, he's making this as God himself. Who else could say this about themselves that I will honor you when I come in the glory of my father with the heavenly angels? Jesus is making a tra- saying that the trade here of losing your life is worth it because he's going to confirm it. And that's our last point, that the trade will soon be verified. That the trade will soon be verified. Verse one of chapter nine, he said to them, truly I say to you, some standing here today will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. You know, this is true in one sense. There's gonna be verification for absolutely everyone at the second coming. When Jesus on judgment day judges the wicked and rewards, rewards his people and rewards all those who trusted in him, with eternal life on the new heavens and the new earth. But even a little bit before that, this is also true on the day of Pentecost, when they saw the Holy Spirit poured out in front of them and thousands of witnesses, at least 3,000 witnesses, saw the glory of Christ being risen and seated, seated at the throne of David as evidence right in front of them. They would also see this at the resurrection when over 500 witnesses, as 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, saw and interacted with the risen Lord Jesus, who by his rising from the dead proved that all his words were true. But the sum here he's speaking of is the text that we're going to look at after Christmas. The sum here who are going to see that we're not going to taste death until they saw the kingdom of God coming with power were Peter, James, and John. When they saw Jesus's glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter said about this, he said, in calling people to suffer, in calling people to follow after Jesus, he said, for we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice borne to him by the whole majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. When we call people to die to themselves and to live to God, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we're telling them to make a trade. This life, clinging onto it and trying to seek to get all the pleasures we can out of this life, instead to seek pleasures forevermore from our Holy Father. It's a word that was verified. Jesus when he makes promises to his people and his followers, he doesn't leave us hanging. He gives us proof of the matter. He proves not only who he is, but he proves his love for his people 
by subsequently going throughout his life, being rejected by the men he said he would be rejected by, and ending his life carrying his cross and being nailed to it. Uniquely suffering for his people. But he has given us a call to suffering as well. A call to suffering that's not redemptive. It's not going to earn us any credit with God, but it's a necessary thing that we need to look at in counting the cost and following him. And what Jesus proves to us time and time again is that in following the Lord Jesus Christ, the reality of the matter is we really haven't given up anything. Ask any follower of Christ, and that's actually the answer you're going to get. Giving up living for temporary pleasures, everything that it made promises to, promises of having fun with no guilt, that's a lie. What Jesus promises his people is to give them eternal life, and Jesus earned it. And we must not mistake. Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him. You know, that word is going to come up again, or rather the word deny. Jesus said, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Peter's going to do some denying in the future. Mark chapter 14, that same word to deny. Peter chooses to not deny himself, but deny the Lord Jesus Christ. He seeks to preserve his life in that moment. And Jesus, out of his grace and his mercy, approaches him and he forgives him. And let me tell you, if you've been living a life denying him, it's not too late. Today is the day of repentance. Today is the day to turn from your sin, to die to yourself, and to live to God. And you know what? With God, he is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And he pursues his people relentlessly to turn their hearts to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us your word. We thank you that you have shown us that, yes, we thank you for the honesty that following Jesus Christ is a call to suffer, but it's not a suffer without reason. It's not a suffer without cause. It's a suffering that we expect and we're willing to make the trade because we have seen who Jesus is and seen that he is worth it. Lord, may we not have our hearts knit to this world and be deceived that this pleasures that it promises, that we would be able to see through and see the temporary nature of it. Instead, that we would live for eternal riches, for eternal glory. Because the God who called us has called us not because of our works, because of his own purposes which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, which is now being made manifest through the appearing of Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Lord, may we find that we see 
have the lights of our minds turned on to see the glory of Jesus Christ and that we would be willing to suffer for it. It's in Jesus Christ's precious name that we pray. Amen. If you'll stand with me, we're going to respond to God's word in song. been fashioned by your hand. All creation holds together by the power of your voice. Let the skies declare your glory. Let the land and seas rejoice. You're the author of creation. You're the Lord of every man. And your You left the gaze of angels, came to seek and save the lost, and exchanged the joy of heaven for the anguish of a cross. With a prayer you fed the hungry, with a word you calmed the sea, yet how silently you suffered. That the guilty may go free. You're the author of creation. You're the Lord of every man. And your cry of love rings out across the land. With a shout, you rose victorious. Resting victory from the grave And ascending into heaven Leading captives in your way Will you stand before the Father Interceding for your own From each tribe and tongue and nation You are leading sinners home You're the Lord of every man, and your cry of love rings out across the land. And the last song is number 214 in your hymn. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply That go back their joyous strain oh, 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 
may be seated. If you'll turn with me in your bulletin, we're going to confess our faith together in preparation for the Lord's Supper. We're going to be confessing our faith from the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body in the life everlasting. Amen. As we come to the Lord's Supper, I just want to let you